Hello, friends. I made it back from Philly. Shout out From Within Records, Marty Williams, Bob Wilson. I had such an amazing time for my first time going to a show in Philly. It's been a long time coming, but it was something that I'll never forget. I am humbled at how nice everyone was to me out there. I got to see a lot of friends. Shout out my friends in Broken Vow, Pummel, all the local homies that showed up. Shout out to all my Wilkes-Barre friends that were there. Streets of Hate in the building. It was such an amazing time. And for everyone who was able to make it out to the showcase, uh, I, I just want to thank all of you for coming out and making it a really fun time. Thank you to everybody who picked up a Beskar collab tee. I was really, really happy with those. And I know uh, everyone that I talked to that picked one up was super stoked on the design. So thank you for the support. Thank you, Chris Wilson, for designing this shirt. Thank you to Beskar for being down to collab on something very cool. But I just had an, an amazing time in Philly going to the church for the first time and getting to experience it, uh, which was a, a little surreal, right? You watch uh, so many videos from a legendary venue. And once you step inside, you're like, holy shit, this is wild. Because I, I normally look at this place through my computer screen, through my cell phone. But to be there in person, it was an amazing time. So thank you, Philly, for having an awesome scene. Shout out to all the bands that rolled out from out of state. Shout out to Burning Strong, Statement of Pride, Magnitude. Uh, who else came in from out of state? There's a lot of people there, but I was just so happy to see so many friends that I normally don't get to see because you got to realize I'm from California. I flew out to Philly and I was just so happy to be around a bunch of people that I admire and respect and am thankful and happy to be able to call friends. Got to go to Boyertown. Shout out to that new uh, Gridiron record. It was it, it was cool because to be honest, I never thought I'd get there so soon. Because having uh, Andrew from Payback on the podcast and him repping Boyertown so like super hard, and having on Matt Carl, and to finally get there and get a quick tour of the town. I got a, a photo in front of the Boyertown sign. You can go check that out on my Instagram. It was cool. Uh, I, I'm very pleased and very happy with all the things that I got to do. And I will be back very soon. But uh, I, I can't say too much. Uh, just know that I'll be back soon. Uh, more on that at a later date. But on today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Alex, plays in a band called Witness Chamber. And I first found out about Witness Chamber through my good friend Devin. He plays in Rejection Pact, and he puts on for a scene. He has no ego. He's uh, always telling me about the new bands in his area and what I should be listening to. So I, I thank Devin for putting me onto Witness Chamber. I was uh, super jazzed on that band when I listened to their record. And I like I, I listened to it, super into it. I, I let Devin know right away. I was like, hey, thank you for the recommendation. I really enjoy this band. And I reached out to everyone that I knew who was going to JAG 3 and try to try to put them on notice for the people that weren't familiar and not to my surprise the people that i hit up uh, some people were already familiar and i was just kind of late to the party but i appreciate that band they're super sick and it was fun for me to be able to sit down and talk to alex about the band and all things going on in boise because it's one of those scenes that i think deserve a lot more respect especially when you look at the rest of the bands from the area and what they're currently doing going on full us tours and putting out awesome records. And there's some new shit on the way. 
from that area and it's just really cool to see people who truly care about hardcore and put on and put in a lot of work to keep their scene alive so i i respect that whole scene out there in boise idaho and for anyone who's not tapped in or tuned in you should definitely pay more attention because they're doing great things so please strap in enjoy this conversation without further ado welcome alex to the show podcast alex how's it going i'm good man how are you uh doing great i'm happy to finally have you on the podcast i've been a fan of your band uh for a, a little bit i actually found out about um witness chamber through uh my friend devin uh, i'm sure you know who devin is oh yeah yeah he's always putting on for uh your guys's area which i definitely respect and i'm always tapping him for you know who i should be listening to from your area and I, we were just talking on some uh, some normal shit one day, and he had just brought up, hey, have you ever heard of uh, Witness Chamber? And I was like, no, I'm not familiar. And he suggested that I would like it. So I, I checked you guys out. And this was like right before uh, JAG 3. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, let me uh, check this out. And I remember listening to it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I, I hit him back after I like listened to the album. And I was like, this is this is definitely right up my alley. And I'm super into this. And, and at that point, I started telling everybody, that i knew who was going to jag i was like hey like are, are you familiar with you know witness chamber this is like you know like a band that you need to check out while you're up there because I, I really dig the music so I'm, I'm really stoked that i you know just happened to talk to Devin that day and he had uh, you know put me onto witness chamber damn yeah i appreciate that yeah Devin's Devin's a homie Devin, it's funny i uh i've known Devin for a long time but only like the last couple years like three or four years have we really started like be friends and chummy and Devin is Devin's the perfect example of somebody who's been in hardcore for a really long time but mm -hmm. didn't get like really jaded and annoying and also like stuck around and puts on for everyone around here even with like even if it's like a type of hardcore or like even like a type of band it's not really his cup of tea like he rides for our like the, I play in like a death metal hardcore band called Grave Titan and like he rides for that band and he's told me multiple times he's like yo this is not really music I'm really into but you guys are doing it right and it's sick so Devin's a homie I appreciate uh, appreciate all the kind words Devin's a man 100% and I'm just curious about um you did you grow up in the Boise area yeah, yeah. So I was born in Boise. I've lived here like most of my life. When I was seven, I think it was, um, I moved to a really small town in Wisconsin called Johnson Creek for like three years. My dad got like a job there. And then we, yeah, we were there for like three years and then moved back. And I've been in Boise ever since. So I'm uh, pretty much Boise born and raised. Okay. That's awesome. And did you find out about hardcore while you were in Boise or when you were in Wisconsin? Uh, so it's funny. So it was definitely in Boise. So uh, I was like, I always grew up on like, not cool music, but like I, I both my parents were like glam metal and like old like 80s rock and metal heads. Mm -hmm. And then I just like progressively got into like heavier and heavier music. And then 
um, in high school, I was playing with Hunter who plays guitar in a uh, witness chamber. We were playing in like a, like a mall core, like a day to remember worship band. And we met Jason who plays drums and he's actually from Wisconsin. He lived like less than 30 minutes away from me when I was in Wisconsin. We'd never met though. Uh, and he showed me hardcore and it, it like, at first I was like, this is cool. I think I like my like dumb little metal songs better. And then like, I just kind of dug more and more into it. And like, he showed me more bands and, uh, eventually I was like, there's something here that's like gripping me in a way that not anything else is. And eventually it was like, all right, now, now I'm in for life. That's awesome. Uh, that, that, that's awesome to be able to have a friend who kind of, you know, showed you the music and you kind of just, you know, figure out that this is what you're really into and just die right into it and stick around. Yeah. It's funny. I think, uh, we, we talk about this every once in a while. He, I think he hates it when we say it, but I think if Jason doesn't move to Boise, like none of us get into hardcore. Cause I don't know if any one of us would have like found it, uh, like on our own, like, I don't know, maybe in another timeline, but mm-hmm. Jason like showed us all, like we were all into like, like death core and like just garbage. And then, you know, he was like, yo, have you guys ever heard of like trapped under ice? And we're like, no, what is that? And we listen and it's sick and, and like terror and stuff. And, yeah, it. I I think he is like the the catalyst of like where Boise hardcore is now. Like the like the core people in Boise hardcore. I don't think find this type of music if he doesn't move here. So it's pretty crazy how that happens. Yeah, that, that is really strange. If you, I I wish there was a way we could kind of explore that other timeline to see you go full deathcore and just not even acknowledge hardcore because you know sometimes uh, you know those types of shows will have a band that my friends and i will be curious about or want to see so we'll roll out and it's it's such an interesting experience because um it's not that far away from hardcore right with you know like just the 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 type of people that draws in and you know we're familiar with the the more metal type stuff and it's always crazy when i'm there and these kids like that's all they know is this deathcore type stuff and they're just zero percent interested in hardcore they don't even know what hardcore is and i was like wow like it's weird that like we can uh you know step outside of the hardcore bubble and go to like a deathcore show but like when we're at those types of shows it's just not a thing for them to to do the same right to to step out of their deathcore bubble like that's all they care about and and it is really weird to me and uh I just look like the majority of that music to me, I, I think is pretty bad. I, I could not imagine that being my main type of music that I listen to. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's crazy. And also kind of funny that it has like such a crazy following. Cause like we roll out and we're like, damn, this place is packed out for these types of bands. Like this is just seems like a weird, weird like place to be. Yeah. I think that that membrane that separates like the one side, it's, it's almost kind of like a two way mirror where it's like, hardcore kids like getting into other stuff that barrier of entry is super low like that's like almost like a thing to to be in a hardcore and then be into like you know death metal or like be like a smith's or an oasis head or like i'm really like the cranberries like jumping into those other genres is very very accessible whereas like for some reason like metal heads they like to cling to like that one thing and that's that's fine you can like whatever you want but i also think that 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 membrane that like separates metal from hardcore has at least in the last like five or 10 years, I think it's thinned out a lot. And I mean, even just think about like, like when I was, before I found hardcore, I was going to like the Rockstar Mayhem Festival like every year. Like I was just, mm-hmm. a, I was a butt metal guy. 
And it's like, it's crazy. Cause like I was already into hardcore when code orange played mayhem fest, but it's like, damn, that that's putting hardcore like right in your face. Like that's no accident. So I think, uh, I think as time has gone on, that has become slightly more accessible where it's like, yeah, you know, when, when I was in death Court, it's like, how did I never find out about hardcore? This is like, they're an arm's distance from each other. And I think now, at least like what I'm seeing, or at least in Boise, um, that exposure is more apparent and it's kind of sick because more kids get into hardcore that way. Yeah. I have a really good friend who's like super into like obscure metal and like, is just like really proud of like the music that he listens to. And, and he listens to like all other types of stuff too. He's like really into Prince and uh, a bunch of other stuff, but uh, I'm hanging out with him and his brother and I'm finding out that they're listening to bands like, uh, Winds of Plague, Despised Icon, uh, newer bands like Vane, and I'm just like, you guys don't understand like like how much you would probably like hardcore if you gave it a chance because like they do have this weird uh, like I I feel like skewed uh, you know vision and idea of what hardcore is and they're just uh, like in my opinion afraid to dip their toes in but I'm just like dude you guys are basically already there if you're listening to bands like Vane who's top three biggest hardcore band today so yeah, it, I, I, yeah it, it's just always a little strange to me that like the, the that crossover doesn't come like you know from like that side to to the hardcore scene yeah it's definitely strange I, yeah but i i like what you said about like like being like bands right now it's more accessible like when i got into hardcore like i'm sure there were some out there that i just like either never found or weren't super big into but like if i was like into music like vein and didn't find vein when uh, it was like what 2013 i don't know whenever i was like a freshman in high school is when i found hardcore like mm-hmm. i don't think that that crossover was as available and even then it was still there you know like listening to the, some of the stuff i did like like winds of plague you know like there's there's parts in like winds of plague songs where it's like damn this could have been a hardcore band if they just like mm-hmm. tuned up a full step and like just dialed it back a little bit in a more like a punk sound um but yeah like bands like vein or like code orange like there are definitely kids in boise who listen to code orange and then we're like what other bands kind of sound like this and they accidentally found hardcore and it's dope and they may not be like lifers like it, you know they may not be you know going to you know ldb fest next year or anything but they're paying attention to it now like it's successful to them and that's so mm. yeah 100 percent. and sometimes i like when i uh, talk to uh, you know people about hardcore i always have to like check myself because i'm a, a lifer right I've, I've been here for forever i don't I don't know what there's literally nothing at this point in my life that could uh, take me away from hardcore. I'm yes, so sir. invested and, and I still lo- love it as much as I did when I first found out about it. So uh, this is like something really rare that I'm d- never going to let go of. But uh, sometimes when, when I talk to people and I'm, and then mid conversation, I'm like realizing I'm like, Oh shit, like these people don't care about it as much as I do, or they're just haven't like had the time to discover what they want. Cause I, I try to give people like, you know, like obviously like anybody who listens to this podcast, the people that I have on are a majority from bands that I think are awesome and interesting that I think other people should be listening to. But I also never want to be that person to, to kind of like force like, Hey, listen to this type of music. It's like, all right, now here's like some suggestions, do what you want with it. Like, you know, yeah. whether you listen to it or not, it's always going to be there. Um, Cause like for me, I, I'm just a fiend. I'm always wanting more, trying to figure out like what's the newest shit. And then also at the same time, trying to absorb all the current shit that that's like, you know, come out before, so it's, it's always like a, this weird fine line that I have to walk because I don't want to like scare people off. Yeah, it that's I think that even transcends hardcore. Like I I have a really bad 
or I, I, I really have focused like in the last couple of years of like on not being annoying about getting people to listen to bands mm-hmm. because I know for me, if somebody punishes me about a band, I don't know why. And I hate this about me, but if I hear a lot about a band for some reason, like if somebody's like, you got to listen to this, you got to listen to this. I feel resistant to listen to it because I feel like maybe like it'll be like overhyped and then I won't like it. And then, you know, or, or whatever the case is, it's, it's very dumb. I'm not saying anyone should do that, mm-hmm. but it also has made it a point for me to kind of be like, when I talk to somebody about music, especially if it's somebody not in a hardcore, um, to kind of just be like, yo, if you're like trying to check this out, yo, you should listen to this band. If not, no worries. And I think that kind of mentality allows people to just kind of like, I don't know. When, when I find a band on my own, I fall in love with that band 10 times more than if I'm, you know, getting blasted about it on Twitter or if everyone showed me like, I don't know. It feels special. So like when, uh, like th- there's this kid in Boise, his name is Tanner. He's the coolest kid. I, he's gotta be like 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. He's like very into like, like metal. He came in from the metal side. Um, and he, he has an Instagram. I'm going to shout out. I think it's like summoning redemption. And you know, when I first met him, that was a hundred percent just like metal, like death metal albums. And that's sick. That's totally cool. I'm, I'm into that. Uh, but he started coming to shows. He started seeing Grave Titan by proxy. He kind of started seeing like Witness Chamber, Rejection Pact, and some of the other bands around here. And he like kind of started getting into hardcore. And it's funny, like he'll post these grids of like all the albums he's listened to. And if you go on his Instagram like a year ago versus like recently, it goes like 100% death metal bands to like the other day he was like listening to one with the underdogs. And I'm like, yo, that is, that's not like a, I accidentally found this listening to Cannibal Corpse. Mm. That is like, that is just a straight up hardcore record. And that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, so that kid rocks. And like, sometimes he'll hit me up and he's like, yo, this is really cool. I'm like, yo, if you like this band, you should, you know, like I was telling him about Master Killer the other day. That popped up on one of his little little squares. And I love seeing that where it's like, you know, giving those soft recommendations and just like, let that person run wild. Like, that's what I have a hardcore. Like, Jason showed me like Trapped Under Ice and Terror. I was like, these are cool. And I remember like the turning point for me was finding Darker Half. I found it on YouTube oh, wow. and I was like, I was like, yo, what is this? This record is amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm in a hardcore now. Like that was the turning point for me. So sometimes like finding it yourself is just like the thing that'll click it over. It's like, yo, this is that, that's what makes people like you and me where it's like, you know, I might do some other stuff on, on the side. I might listen to some other music, but like hardcore is uh hardcore is the foundation of it now. hundred percent. And you, you never want to build up, like you know too much hype for a band because i I feel like we all consume music differently right because there's bands that we love bands that we all hate and we all don't have the same opinions on uh, music and with my buddy andy who i hang out with all the time uh shout out andy i'll give him recommendations i'm like hey i know you like this band check out this band and then i'll just leave it alone because he's very busy and like and just like everybody else he he consumes shit on his own time so um i'll I'll just kind of just like plant that seed and then like weeks later i'm i totally forgot about that and he's telling me like yo like i finally listened to so-and-so like that shit's awesome and 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 it's cool because like like i don't have to uh you know kind of like push it on him and then as like you know like, like i i planted that one seed and then i see and find out that he's like exploring more on his own because he's like always listened to hardcore but not like you know super lifer like that's all he listens to but like more recently i'm just like hey do you want to come to this fest and i'm like i know it's a big deal but he's like fuck yeah like let's go so he ends up flying across the country and he's just getting like um just like more involved and it's really cool that's sick to see. Yeah, I, I love it. Especially, 
I've been talking to a lot of people. Like we just did this Witness Shamer tour and like we, you know, went to Jag and stuff. And it's been really crazy to talk to people all over, at least like the West. I don't know if this happened all over the country all over, but there are so many new people getting into hardcore. And there's a lot of people that think that's, that's there, there's, there's an argument for that. And I get mm. that, but I think it's beautiful. I think it's so sick. Like coming off, off of COVID, you know, the first shows back in Boise were, 10 to 15 times the size of what shows were prior. And this was like, you know, ingrown meathead's already out. Like ingrown's already taking over the world pre COVID. Mm. And it like, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. Like we go way back. Like when all of us first started going to shows, like we had a uh, turnstile and take offense at the shredder. Uh, that was like 40 paid. And that was, you know, a long time ago. It's like, now I couldn't dream of booking those bands here. Like I couldn't pay them. I, like we couldn't find a room for it. Mm. Um, but like we had like an all local show it was like one of the first shows back from COVID and it was like 200 plus kids. And I knew 10% of the people in the room. It sounds like that's happening a lot of places and that's so cool. So I love to hear like somebody who, you know, even if they've already kind of listened to hardcore, it's like, Oh, yo, I want to go to this fest. Cause that's, that's a big undertaking. That's a lot of hardcore for, for somebody who's not like, mm-hmm. you know, like you and I are like way, way into it. I get tired of fests. Um, I get fatigued. So that's sick to hear like somebody like, Again, you, you, yeah, like you said, you, you plant that seed and then you just kind of watch it grow. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. And mentioning like, uh, I, I think it'd be really hard to make an argument about, you know, new kids coming around because I, I, I feel like that's a hundred percent necessary because if, if I think about the point that I came into hardcore, right. And imagine if no new kids joined after that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as good as it is today because so many bands have, like iconic bands have started and came since like my entry point to now. So like, I, and I, I, I get why people can be frustrated, but I, I don't think it's like their place to, to, to really judge. Right. I feel like you kind of just got to let like these people, these new kids, whatever, just kind of let them find their own way. Let it just like, you know, take its own course. Cause you, you don't know if the, these new kids are going to be the next crop of kids that are going to start the next, you know, bands that are, are going to carry this into the next generation or yeah, granted that they might be these, uh, you know, poser new jacks, but just like with any poser new jacks, they fade with time. And it's just, yes. I, I feel it's just like wasted energy to try to like police that you should focus and put your energy towards like, you know, more cool, positive shit that will help grow the community. Cause uh, you know, literally in time, those people get sick and tired. They find new interests or realize they don't belong. And then they just leave. And that doesn't really affect you. You just stay, whatever you just put more energy into the people who actually care and come around and then look for the, the, the new kids with that same energy. You, you hit the nail on the head by saying like it, it regulates itself. Hardcore regulates itself because there are kids who are going to come into this for a minute and, you know, they may not be your, your personal favorite type of people. They may be kind of annoying at shows. They may, you know, not not wear the same clothes you do. Who gives it? Can I swear on this? 100%. Who gives a shit? Like, like worry about yourself. It's, I I kind of like love it because one, if, if there's somebody who's really not into it, they never get it. They're not going to stay around. That's fine. Nobody asked them to. They're, they're no worse off. This isn't for everyone. Um, and I know, I know this conversation comes up on Twitter every like, two months, you know, about, you know, is hardcore for everyone is hardcore for, for just a few who cares do, just do whatever you want. You know, it, it, because like what you said, it's like, what if I was the last person to get into hardcore when I did in Boise, like me and my friends, like our, our core group that happened kind of in Boise. Like I was the youngest person at hardcore shows for 
years. Um, it wasn't until COVID where I was like, holy shit, there are kids here that like are younger than me. It was, that probably seems like really silly, but it was actually a genuine culture shock because that I wasn't used to that. I was always used to seeing like, A, pretty empty rooms for really cool bands that would have gotten way bigger responses and way bigger rooms anywhere else in, in the country. And B, being the youngest person there, like I, it, there weren't new kids coming. And like, like that, so that, the first like big uh, post COVID show back was the Grave Titan record release. It was Grave Titan, Rejection Pack, Devin's band, uh, and then there was a death metal band called Barn, and then uh, this uh, cool like kind of like new metal with hardcore influence band called Teratoma. Uh, there was like over two hundred kids paid in that room. It was like mind blowing, and like there are kids showing up to the show in corpse band, and it's like that's funny. That's that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's there's no like corpse paint bands in a 10 mile radius of this venue. But it's like, you know what? Like they paid the money to get in the show. They're supporting the scene. They're moshing or stage diving or they're up front and they're, they're buying merch. They've got any right to be here as much as any of us. And it's like, you know, I was probably wearing, you know, not the, not the cool clothes when I went to my first hardcore show. Um, but you know what? Like I wised up and now like I play in you know three bands. I book shows here. It's like, you know, it's what you said, like, yeah, these this next crop of kids might be the one that keeps your scene from dying. They might, you know, they might be the next big band in hardcore, the one, next one to like transcend and, uh, you know, break that barrier, start playing late night shows like Turnstile, play Coachella, like Code Orange, you know, take over the world like Bane or Ingrown. Um, so yeah, it, it regulates itself. There's no reason to be uh, a dick to new kids. It's, you know, you don't, you don't got to be best friends with everyone in your scene, especially in bigger scenes like in Boise, everyone kind of knows everyone here. It's mm. just too small of a scene to not. Um, you don't gotta be best friends with everyone, but like watching all these new kids, like if they get it, then they'll stay around and your scene will be better for it. If they don't, like their money was good, you know, to pay that touring van. They're you know, they're still rocking that merch and you know, they they uh they did it for a minute. If they're not around tomorrow, that's okay. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm 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 really curious about Boise because obviously I know um like Devin and we've been friends for a long time so I, I see how much he cares about it and I always find it interesting because there's not like a lot of bands from Boise but I feel like the the few ones that people know about are you know making waves doing cool shit uh, so I, I'm just curious what it's like you know from your perspective from being from that scene like like what is it like for you because obviously um, you've been to other scenes played shows in different you know parts of the country I'm just curious like uh, for you like what's it like coming from the Boise scene you know I think if you asked me that question a few years ago I would have had a lot more of a negative opinion on it mm-hmm. um, I would have said you know Boise scene sucks but I love it um, now Boise scene doesn't suck nearly as much but even then I think what the difference is like going on this last tour you know kind of seeing like the state of things um, we're a lot smaller of a scene and I I like it better to be honest especially now that it's it's big enough to where it's sustainable, where I can book bands and I'm, you know, not just paying them out of pocket every time I book a show. Uh, but it's, it's kind of neat to, I or maybe it's just because I've never had the other perspective. I've never been in like a Bay area scene or like a, you know, a New York scene where, you know, it's like a legendary spot or like a really hot spot for hardcore. It's like, in Boise, like I said, everyone knows everyone. It's, it feels it feels like a real community in a sense. And that's, I kind of don't think I would trade that for the world anymore. Like, you know, there are downsides, like 
yeah, there are not a lot of Boise bands and our bands are kind of incestuous. Like everybody plays in everybody's band. And like, I'm waiting for the day that one of these kids, like, you know, four of these kids start their own band and I don't have to bring gear to a show or like, I don't have to play a show. I can like just attend. That sounds amazing. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of sick. Like Hunt plays power witness, plays bass, grave Titan, plays guitar in natural evil, plays uh, guitar in rejection pack. So, you know, all of us play in everybody's bands and there's all this sort of like mix around, you know, Charlie plays in rejection pack and he plays an ingrown. It's uh, it's pretty sick. It's still smaller than other scenes. You know, like we, we still get skipped over a lot for big tours. Um, but Chad and I, Chad who does vocals in witness chamber, we we've been booking shows under the, the Boise hardcore, Boise hardcore booking thing. And that's kind of started to change a little bit, even, you know, just pulling, smaller bands that are like supporting a major act as a, you know doing like a one-off here as really starting to change so it's it's sick because the downsides to our scene kind of make it what i love so much about it the fact that it's smaller that i like everybody here is like at least kind of chummy you know like if not just like downright friends like you go to a show and you're dapping up everyone in the room because you know, Boise's not a major city. Everyone who's here has been going to shows for a second or, you know, lives down the street from you. Uh, yeah, Boise, uh, five years ago, I would have said, Boise sucks. I wish I lived somewhere else, but, you know, everything's here. Now I'm like, you know, Boise's not the, the biggest city you'll play in. You're not going to make the most money here, but I guarantee you, you'll have the biggest pop in the Northwest and we'll take you out. We'll take you some good food. We'll take you out shooting in the desert. Like we we've made this scene something that we love and that's uh i won't trade it for the world that's really important for people like you and everyone else that you mentioned to to have those bands and to stick around and to want to put in the effort to to book shows because for people who haven't tried or who haven't done that it, it takes a lot of effort to coordinate all that to get a venue to get the bands to agree and for everyone to show up on time and for the show to run smooth so I, I think it's awesome that you guys are putting in that work to to make it happen because, you know, like five years ago, you said um, you would have said that it sucked and you guys could have easily just packed it up and just, you know, just kind of just participated in, in a different way, you know, drove to other scenes and just kind of gave up on your own. But I, I think it's awesome that you're put, you guys are putting in that work and hopefully the, the younger kids in your area get inspired and want to, you know, help out in some way or maybe try to figure out their own way to, to kind of, you know, take on some of that load and, you know, keep shit going because... I've always said it like good bands are everywhere. They don't just come from the popular scenes. You just have to go out there and find it. And I always like to use just like, you know, the, the, the Midwest, like Louisville for like example, right? Like look at a band like knock loose, uh, one of the biggest bands in hardcore, uh, they started from you know, something very small and they just became undeniable. And now people uh, are flying out to, you know, LDB people know about where they're from. And uh, you see, what it's done for their area with like more of the bands that that are popping up these days. So I I think it's really important and cool that you and your uh, you know core group of friends are willing to kind of uh, you know take that on and put Boise on the map because if you look at a band like like Ingrown right now like you know blowing up everywhere they're uh, you know we're just on that drain tour so I'm sure they you know opened up a lot of people's eyes to your area and whenever I hear about that band people are just always just so stoked and you know I, I was fortunate enough to have seen them. Uh, in LA when they played at 1720 with Drain and Pain of Truth, Bamakara. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked for, for Ingrown and, uh, you know, your, your area kind of just getting more looks. 
yeah, uh, Ingram's a big man to thank for that. I think Ingram kicked down the door for Boise. And, uh, like, it it goes without saying, if you've heard that last record, like, you know why you you, uh, you hear about that band as much as you do. It's because they're amazing. All the people in that band are amazing people. And that band is just a force to be reckoned with. I think they're, they kind of do the same thing for me that, like, you know, like Knock Loose says, where it's like, they've become undeniable. Like they're, they're forced to be reckoned with. They're not on that same level as knock loose yet, mm. but they're, they're not stopping. And you're, you're going to hear that name. You're not going to stop hearing that name. And it's sick because they, they put on Boise and now, you know, because of Ingram, people pay attention to the other bands we've been doing here for a long time. And that's sick. I love that band to death. Yeah. And also their merch is easy to spot. If I'm walking through like, you know, a show, I'm like, Oh, that's definitely an ingrown shirt. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah which which is smart uh it's, it's not my favorite designs but i'm like I, I look at that and i know exactly what it is interesting marketing i think uh i think that's the i think that's what i love about ingram so much it may not be your favorite design it may not even be your favorite band like they're not doing the same thing everyone else is doing it's i think that's the boise attitude it's like you may not love it it may not be your favorite band but you are going to recognize it like you're going to know when you see that like yeah that new merch i think charlie i don't know if charlie designed all of it or most of it uh, he he crushed it. I think that captures the essence of Ingram so much. It is in your face. Like you you cannot look away from from Boise, and you cannot look away from Ingram. That merch is sick. That band is sick. That's uh, that band is Boise personified. I can't uh, I can't say enough good things about them. Mm. No, yeah, and I'm, it, it makes me happy too because uh, sometimes uh, you know bands will get overlooked just because of where they're from, and people just may not be aware. So when I see a, a band from Boise, a, a band like Ingrown, who who like, like you said, is like, you know, kicking down those doors and just like kind of making people realize, I I, I get stoked because I'm like, all right, cool. Like I know that there's, uh, you know, people up there working hard to try to keep it alive, and they've been doing it for years. So it's just cool to see that people are finally, uh, you know, uh, kind of you know giving them that recognition and rocking the merch. And I'm seeing it in different places, like you know, on the West Coast. I was just in uh, Philly for uh, uh, the Firmus and Reckon Showcase. I'm seeing people rock it there. So it's just awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, I, when I saw that drain painted tooth ingrown flyer, I was like, damn it. I'm, I, I, I was so ecstatic. I, I felt, it felt really good. It felt warm inside to like see them on that, especially cause like drain and ingrown have been homies for a long time. Like that, that friendship goes back a long way. So to see like that reconnection, both those bands doing amazing, incredible things. And of course, painted truth is, one of my favorite bands at hardcore right now that their set at Jag was genuinely scary. It was so sick. Let's see that like drain and ingrown connection and watching them just like tear up the whole country. It was, uh, it was a culmination. It was like a, a, a bubbling over of how long and how hard that band has worked. Like the, the dirty demo came out in like 2016 and that first tour, there were not many people, you know, checking us out at that point, but that band didn't stop for a single moment and uh they that's a band where you can genuinely say like never got a handout you know or anything like that they just literally they just toured and made music until you could not help but recognize them and i think that is the sickest thing any band in hardcore could do is you just do what you love and what you're what you care about so much and so well that nobody can help but pay attention to your band that's ingram 100%. Now, I'm just curious about uh, Witness Chamber. Can you talk about how uh, that band formed? Yeah. So, 
Um, that's, it's almost kind of a long story. So the first like hardcore band I was ever in was with Jason and Hunter of this band. It was like a long time ago. It was a really bad band, of course. Um, and then like, we didn't play in bands together for a long time. And then we kind of like got rekindled and we started doing like natural evil, which is like our like trashy crossover hardcore band. Um, and these guys at the time were doing a band called State of Suffering, uh, which was a really sick band. They were, they were basically the, the predecessor to Witness Chamber. Um, they were really cool. Like put out a couple like really cool releases, and then you know that band kind of went to bed. Um, a couple people like left and started doing other bands, and uh, the four of us just found ourselves with another space for another band to create. And you know, at the time, you know, we were doing Natural Evil, we were doing Grave Titan, which were like hardcore at its roots but not like an actual hardcore band and i was like man it's time for me to just like play in a hardcore band again and everyone else was kind of on the same page we're like you know what like let's do this let's let's jam so this was during covid we uh we started writing last year in january it was like the the first week of january mm. um and we wrote for a long time we busted out you know paradise awaits and we were um trying to like kind of it, it didn't take us long to figure out what kind of sound we wanted um our influences kind of like bounce all over the place but the way i was always like thinking it was like the two bands that i wanted this band to sound like were foundation and the water i was like i i want to do like a foundation style band again i want to have like that type of like lyrical content you know something that means something but also all people to whoop each other's ass like it's a marauder set and uh we just kind of started writing and you know whipped out this ep we were like damn should we do like a four song demo but we had all six we're like fuck it let's just drop an ep um, we were kind of talking about like how to release it and uh, Matt from Words of Fire, who's been amazing uh, with, with supporting us, uh, decided he wanted to put it out. Uh, we dropped it and uh, we've just kind of been been doing the thing now. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's been cool. Um, and with uh, Matt from Words of Fire, what, were you guys just like, hey, we have this new band. Do you want to check it out? Or did he discover it on his own? Um, we were kind of like shopping around, like we, we've been in touch with Matt, uh, just cause like, he's also from Idaho mm-hmm. and, uh, he put out, um, a, another band that he does with, uh, one of our f- close friends. So like that connection was already there. Uh, and we were trying to see if like somebody wanted to like put this out, but we weren't sure if anyone was going to, cause like it's a band from Boise, like even though Ingrown's taken over the world, like Boise's still not like the market, mm-hmm. you know, and, like our first release. So we weren't sure if anyone was going to bite and we were like, that's fine. We'll put it on ourselves. If we have to. We talked to Matt and I was like, yeah, this this is what I'm into. I'd love to, to work on it. So we we showed him and he was down enough to to do it. Okay. No, I uh, thought it was awesome that uh, he was willing to do that. It just seemed like a, a great pair for um, Witness Chamber and Word the Fire. It seems like it made sense. It definitely did. I'm, I'm so glad that that we were able to, to do that with Matt. Matt just, uh, I think he gets that band as if he's in that, as if he's in it. Like he, he feels like kind of like a, a fifth member where he, he gets like the, the art styles that we like, you know, like where the sound is coming from, like the thematicness of it. He, it was truly a perfect fit. And, uh, he's been incredible with like helping us with tapes and helping us with like who to hit up for art and helping us with art and merch, uh, like, you know, designing those stickers for us like he's been incredible i i can't i can't say enough good things about him i can't thank him enough for everything he's done for us and i'm uh, also curious about the name of the band where does that come from or is that just something you guys just decided to you know come up with um so jason was the one that came up with that i 
if I believe so, so a witness chamber is like the it's like the witness room for like an execution, mm-hmm. and like that was kind of like the the vibe and the theme of this record was kind of ideas of like capital punishment. Um, there's this really cool documentary by Werner Herzog called Into the Abyss, which is like where one of the samples on the record is from, where like a lot of like Jason watched it and showed me and everybody else. We were like kind of like mesmerized by it. So that was uh, that's where like that name came from. And that's where a lot of like the lyrical content uh, comes from is a lot of like the like sentence to death and capital punishment and kind of like the the horrors of it and how how crazy it is. We We have a lot of conversations about how like the death penalty is crazy and bad. Mm, okay. Well, I, I think the name's awesome when, when I was, uh, you know, obviously like whenever I listen to the band or uh, when I think about the name, I'm like, all right, it doesn't sound too, too wacky or anything. And like, I like it, it, it honestly, when, when I think about it, it, it goes like with the vibe of the band. I feel like like that whole thing makes sense as well. Cause sometimes you'll hear a band name, listen to the music, you're like, oh, that, that doesn't really fit or it just uh, is just uh, not what you're expecting. But when I listen to Witness Chamber, I think about the name. I just feel like, yeah, th- th- that feels right. It makes sense. Yeah, band names are hard. And when you can find a band name like that, where it's like that fits your your sound. Like when I hear gag, gel, spy, I know what band I'm listening to already before I listen to that band. And that's sick. I love mm. that. So I'm happy to hear that witness chamber as a name, like sounds like the way we sound. Uh, Cause I think that uh, names are really hard to come up with. We, it took us forever to to pick a name. And it's funny cause it's ultimately kind of arbitrary. There's bands with horrible names that play amazing music, but I think it's also, it's like an identity point. So it's, it's an important factor, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it fits our vibe. And can you talk about what your experience was like going to JAG, which is something that I've been wanting to go to, but it's just with um, just never works with my schedule, uh, which bums me out because I've I've never been to the Pacific Northwest for a show. Like I've been up there before for like vacation and stuff, but I've never been up there for for a show or for, excuse me, for a hardcore show. Like I, I went to a ska show once, but that wasn't really my choice. Um, and, <laughs> but um, I, I'm just curious, like what it's like for you. Cause the, you know, what they've done, I, I've loved the, the lineups. I love that scene up there. I, I think they always got awesome stuff going on. So when, uh, obviously when Devin told me about you guys being on Jag and I've watched the live set that was filmed by uh, Sonny from hate five, six and looked awesome. But I'm just curious from your perspective, like what that whole experience was like going out there and, you know, playing in front of that crowd it was crazy that was like it it was we had not played that many shows prior to that like our it was like we hadn't even played our 10th show by that point so it was also kind of like nerve-wracking because we're like when uh when zach from brainstem hit us up he's like yo i'm doing just another gig three um hunter had done rejection pack with just another gig two we looked at that lineup we're like this is sick mm-hmm. it feels like kind of homey it's like a lot of like northwest vibes maybe he'll pull like you know a crazy headliner or two um so we're like, yeah, we'd love to do this. And then he dropped that lineup and we're like, what the hell? Like, this is, this is crazy. Like tsunami, mind force, pain of truth, like Queensway, like all these crazy bands. Like we thought it was going to be like almost kind of like another like Northwest showcase where like, you know, there was going to be a lot of like Western and Northwestern Pacific Northwestern bands. We all hang out with each other. And like, that's sick. Like doing that is like more than we could have asked for to like be a part of, but to play like, what kind of felt like another rain fest was crazy. Um, it, it's sick because it being in the Pacific Northwest, it still kind of felt very homey. Like I'm sure a lot of people flew out from different areas and stuff, but 
seeing a lot of friends in, you know, from Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, um, all those areas was really nice. And, you know, it, it was an absolute blast. Saw so many cool bands, um, saw bands. I didn't think I'd see, I don't know. I didn't know if I was ever going to get to see mine for I'm not somebody that travels very often for like fests or anything. I, I never seemed to, and like you said, it never seems to work with my schedule or mm. finances. I was like, damn, I'm going to see mine for That's sick. Uh, and playing that was, was a dream, you know, it, it, we were still pretty young at that point. You know, we, I think that, I think Paradise Awaits came out in October. So it only been out for like a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really seemed to dig it. We had like a lot of fun. Um, it was, it was just a blast. Like I, I'm so thankful again to, to Zach and everybody involved in that for, for sending it up and, and letting us be a part of it. Cause we, uh, I think it, it really, it was a good opportunity for a lot of people to hear us for the first time, especially in the Northwest. And, you know, we hadn't even announced the tour we did um you know got to hang out with like apex predator who we ended up doing this run with um it was yeah it was a dream come true we had so much fun with that fast yeah i i, I was stoked for you guys i felt like it was going to be uh, definitely a, a good look because like i mentioned I, I had a bunch of friends that were there um and i reached out to as many people as i could to be like you know like if you have time uh, you know, check this shit out because obviously fest uh, can be yeah. exhausting and people got their own shit that they want to do whatever but it's like yo if you have time you gotta check this man out because this band's fucking awesome so i'm happy to hear that you guys had a, a great time playing that because it like i said watching the video it looked like it was a good time yeah it was it was sick we you know it was, it was like it's crazy to have like a hate by six video like uh for a boise band like that's not super common you know and it's funny because like watching you know you'll see like 10 or 20 or you know five or whatever of like you know one of these bigger hardcore bands and that's sick I, i'm not knocking that at all mm-hmm. that's that's dope. i love seeing multiple sets of bands i love but it, it felt like surreal to see like sunny at that fest and then like have him like shoot our set and like watching us on like eight five six that was pretty crazy it, it felt really good it, it, it felt like we uh we've all started a lot of bands and a lot of bands have broken up and, you know, done very little. This is the first band that all of us have taken on tour in quite a while. And like state of suffering did one run. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like, uh, it felt like we kind of found our footing for the first time in a while with a band. And uh, again, thank you to Zach and everyone for, for allowing us to kind of do that. It was a good opportunity for us. We met so many cool people. It, it's hard for me to talk about that fest as like not a spectator because honestly, like, yeah, we played, but it felt like I was going to a fest. I, I was like, damn, I'm going to see so many cool bands this weekend. Like I was, uh, it made me feel like I was like 18 again and going to, I only ever went to like one other fest before that. And it was Rainfest 2016. And it felt like that again. I was, man, this is like overwhelming in such a good way. It was, it was a blast. That's awesome to hear. And you mentioned that uh, tour with Apex Predator. And I feel like a, an idiot because I totally mixed up the days because I, I was planning on going to the midnight hour date because uh, that, that was the closest one to me and i just mixed up like which like sunday it was on and i, I remember waking up the next day and just kind of going through instagram and realizing that i had missed the show and i was like damn i'm a, i'm an idiot and I, I, was, I was pretty bummed about that but I, I was happy that you guys were able to you know at least make it down to southern california and play some shows oh yeah we'll we'll definitely be back soon but we definitely want to hang out with our friends at shadow man again shout out that band that is amazing and what was uh, that tour like with a big predator? Because obviously you're playing places that you've never, uh, you know, played before with Witness Chamber. It was sick, yeah. The, the, especially the dates with Apex Predator were were phenomenal. I uh, Casey and Joey from that band, I've like kind of known for a long time because, um, like, 
of like gag and you know scare like all the bands they've been in like especially the first couple of years of me getting the hardcore like being really attached to like northwest bands like those dudes were in all the cool ones from from washington you know and mm-hmm. it's like odd men out and things like that so it was cool to be able to like hang out with those guys some more like playing like our bands together um the response we got was really great it's it's like the tour of the band that you're like a friends with and be like genuinely love because that apex predator demo is so good it's it's like hilariously good uh so like yeah being able to like hang out with them even just for like the three days we did was just phenomenal um and the places we played you know like because we did portland vancouver bc seattle with them um and it yeah it it felt like uh it felt like a true vacation it, it felt like we were just goofing around for three days and we happened to like play some shows in the middle it was it was so fun i i can't wait to i can't wait to hang out with all those guys again uh casey owes me a magic deck uh, ma- a couple games of magic we were supposed to play magic on tour and we didn't get it, we didn't get it to so Casey, if you're listening to this, you owe me some games, man. Okay, you know th- th- that's funny that you bring up Magic because th- this whole time I've w- I've been wondering. Okay, Grave Titan, that has to be a Magic the Gathering reference. Yes, sir. It uh, it 100 is. I'm very unoriginal, and so we picked the Magic card, and like half of the song names are Magic cards. That's awesome. I I'm a I don't like to say former player because I I feel like I'm a dropout. I I, I used to play Magic <laughs> the Gathering. This was back in the day. Jeez, like what year was it? I don't know, maybe like 20, 2015. I played for like a, like a good while. I, I was really into the modern format. <laughs> and I had a, a Splinter Twin deck. And once. Of course you did. Yeah, I, I love it. I don't know why. Like I, I, I tried playing, um, you know, I, I had friends that played like Jund and like just like a bunch of other shit. Um, and I was just always like really drawn to either uh you know just like mono red obviously that's always like viable right mono red's fun but i was like i want to get like something that can actually stand up against like these like top tier decks and uh you know be able to like play some tournaments because like we're going to tournaments and and trying to like you know take it like way more serious and i was like all right let me land on splinter twin because like that was just something that i thought was really fun and as soon as that card got banned, and I don't even know if it's still banned to this day, because I haven't, like, yeah, because I haven't kept up. But once that card got banned and my deck was just crippled, I was, I was just thinking, like, shit, like, do I try to kind of piece out like what I have into something else? Because I, I had, you know, I was had like a lot of money cards, um, or do I just like pack it up and just sell everything? And I just decided I was like, you know what? I've done so much like study and like, you know, like I know, like, like I knew every move to make with like basically every scenario versus any deck because I just love that so much. And I wanted to take it serious. And I was like, I don't think I could want to do that with anything else. And I just sold all my cards and just never looked back. That's totally understandable. Like I go through phases and I think that's like, maybe not like everybody does this, but like all of us, like we go through phases. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I first got into magic, I was like 15 or 16. I had my first job over the summer. I was making like $8 an hour working full time. And I lived walking distance. Like the, the card shop was like two houses behind my house. Like it was dangerously close. And I spent pretty much every dollar I made that summer on like, it was like Theros block standard playing Friday night magic, getting my actual ass kicked every week. And adoring it and at the end of the summer my dad was so pissed because i had you know i was working full time i had like hardly any expenses and i just blew everything on that it was Mm. so dumb 
Uh, and then after a while, I kind of like got bored, stopped playing, sold all my cards. And then after a while, I was like, damn, I kind of want to get the magic again. And I think the key has been to not play. The key is to not play standard, um, but also just playing like basically kitchen table magic where we just like, just our group of friends will play with each other. If somebody like on tour or like somebody I know like wants to play, definitely play. But it's also been the point where now I don't really build like competitive decks. I just build decks that are really funny. So my, my new favorite thing is I don't build decks that like I build decks that nine times out of 10, I'm probably going to lose. But the one time out of 10, I'm going to win. You're going to go, dude, I don't like this deck. Can you play something else? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the words I'm looking to hear. So it's weird that magic and hardcore have combined so much for me, but uh, I definitely get like being like, Oh, this card just got banned and I play, you know, Friday night magic or playing tournaments. Cool. Well, it feels like I just wasted a bunch of money. So I think I'm just going to sell my cards and like, not care about this anymore i would probably feel the same way if it wasn't for the fact that i played so casually yeah and i you know luckily okay you're a little, I, I gotta i put this out there so luckily all of my skills that i learned from magic right because i i obviously like when i started i i sucked ass i didn't know what the hell i was doing but yeah. just finding the community luckily there was like a cool shop that i would go to and uh the people were pretty chill and like willing to to help and like i kind of found my my group where we would actually like you know play outside of like friday night magic and stuff hold on i gotta clear my throat and um so like obviously like so many years and it's just like oh cool like i'm actually uh, you know decent at this card game and it, it, it can get pretty complicated right you gotta Yes. You know, make sure um, everything is, uh, you know, uh, going smoothly. You got to, you know, check all your stuff, all your, you know, the phases or whatever. Um, but more recently, I, I stumbled across this Japanese, uh, you know, uh, trading card game. Uh, you know, I, I played on Steam and all, on my phone. I guess I like uh, obsessed on with it. It's called Shadowverse. And it's like, you know, kind of like um, Hearthstone type. Uh, okay. I, yeah. So it's just like one of those card games. And it's pretty fun. It's, uh, you know, the, like a lot of strategy involved. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, I like this kind of fit, like you know, fills that itch that I have to want to play, uh, you know, card games. Because I, I still like you know, think about man, like, could I go out and because uh, like now, like I, I get you know, like I could rebuy and build like a cool modern deck, but at the same time, I'm like I don't know if I want to go out on like a Friday night or if I want to go to these tournaments. I because it's just like I have way different stuff going on now versus back then. So, yeah. so I'm just happy that I, I could fill that, like that want to play, uh, like a competitive card game, you know, with Shadowverse, which I've like sunk in like over like 400 hours in, which is insane. That's sick. I, I've never heard of that. I'll have to check it out. I've touched Hearthstone a couple times. And mm. for me, I was like, well, I'm like really into magic again. So I feel like this doesn't, like, I don't need to play this that much. But I feel like uh, once I hit my like downslide on magic again, I'll probably pick up Hearthstone again. But yo, if you're ever trying to get back into magic, let's play. Have you ever heard of a, have you ever heard of popper? Never. What is that? So popper is a format that is like built for people who have had the experiences you and I have where like you build like a really expensive deck and then like something happens. You're like, cool. Why did I waste all this money? So it's, it's kind of like modern uh, where it's like, you can range from like pretty much anywhere in magic, uh, but you can only play common cards. So it's super, super cheap, mm-hmm. but it also makes you like think about your deck more. Um, so like when I got bored of all the decks I had and I was like, hell, I really want another deck, but like, I'm not trying to spend like a lot of money on this. I, I hit up Caden from Grave Titan. Um, and I was like, yo, we should build popper decks and just like see what we can do. And it's funny. Like you find like 
really obscure combos and it's like it, it feels like magic made for people who want to have fun versus who want to like spend a lot of money and do a lot of math which nothing wrong with that but when you're trying to just like hang out with your friends on a friday night sometimes you don't want to bust out like 30 dice and a calculator to like figure out what this fractal is going to be mm-hmm. um so yeah like I, I built like a red black deck where the whole thing is like discarding like common eldrazi's and then there's this like old ass like two drop like one color is one black which is like each player pulls a card from the graveyard on the battlefield so like the whole thing is like you discard an eldrazi you pay two and you play an eldrazi mm-hmm. you can't hit it most games but when you do it's just like really funny and it just i don't know it, it feels like making magic more more to have fun rather than to win so if you're trying to get back into magic look at popper okay no yeah i'll i'll, I'll definitely you know take that into consideration because uh, I always thought it was awesome, and then I almost like because more recently there was like a collab that I came across my timeline, like Street Fighter and Magic the Gathering. Like did some sort of yeah. collab, and I'm like, oh, those are like two things that I love. But I was like, I don't know. I was like, I, I just gotta stay away. But yeah, I, I gotta look into it because because it, it's always been fun, uh, you know, just uh, being out Friday night with people that I normally wouldn't hang out with, but still managing to have like a really good time. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that is one thing I miss about like playing standard is like it forced me to socialize a little bit. Cause like, I'm pretty reclusive. I, uh, I'm kind of one of those people who are like in, in hardcore, I'm not that way, but like to the like outside world, I'm like kind of all friended up. Like I'm not going to be mean to anybody, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, we don't have that much in common, but going to like magic games, like even though that community is definitely uh quirky to say the least, it was kind of fun to like go to Friday night magic and like talk with like, people. and it's funny. Like I met people at that card shop that like were kind of, like hardcore Jason, like there was one dude that worked there for a while that we like talked about music in the middle of the game. He's like, Oh yeah, I have a giant hate breed tattoo on my chest. So I was like, okay, that's insane. Did not expect that at this like magic, the gathering tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I do kind of miss like the community aspect of it, but at the same time, I kind of get that with like, you know, I can literally just go across the hall and knock on Jason's door and be like, Hey, you want to play magic? We'll just go sit downstairs and listen to music and play magic. So it's pretty sick. Okay. And that uh, crazy hatred guy did, did he ever like go to like local shows or did you ever see him outside of the shop i think uh i think he was a uh, part of the old guard i think he used to go to shows and you know just how things go sometimes you know no disrespect at all if you know, everybody walks different paths and lights but i haven't seen him in a show in a long time uh i don't even know what he's up to he definitely doesn't work in that card shop anymore um but yeah i think um i think he used to play in like a band in boise so like, that it was just kind of weird like imagine just meeting like somebody you know who like has like cool taste in music and you know it's kind of like even just like hardcore where at like a a magic the gathering tournament mm-hmm. is just a, a sentence i never thought i'd say no it, it's strange too like i was at a show the other night uh, to go uh, support my friends in this uh, local band called major pain and they're playing with uh, n- not hardcore bands but there was like a local band uh, called ridgeway that it was pretty popular yeah. and yeah so they're like you know it was like they're like tour kick, uh, kickoff shows they're about to uh, well they're definitely at this point like already on the road and um on tour and i remember i walked in and like none of my friends uh you know cared or even wanted to go so i was like all right whatever like i want to support major pain because i like those guys like the band and i remember i, I walked in and there was like a bunch of kids in there like you know wearing hardcore merch whatever and i was like i've never seen any of these kids before and i'm sure they're like looking at me i was like you know the same thing like who's this weirdo 
and it was it's just really interesting it's like okay there's literally hardcore kids everywhere but it's cool i'm just happy that those kids like rolled out and were supporting uh, major pain and the the whole show but i i just uh didn't i it always just blows my mind because out here there's so many people right that there's uh, like a million like not a million there's more than a million people in california but uh in like the hardcore scene it's just like it's, it's like never ending i i feel like obviously I, I recognize all the the regulars my friends whatever but there's always just like this whole crop of people where i'm like are they local or are they from out of town i have no idea it's, yeah. it's, it's always crazy to to see that kind of stuff so I, I can imagine like, you know, you going to like a magic the gathering, you know, a card shop and seeing or hearing about somebody with a hate tattoo that, that that could be just as surprising. Especially in Boise. Cause like, I, I agree with everything you said up until you said like, Oh, are they from out of town? And I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. Why would you come to Boise? Uh, unless you had like, unless your grandma lives here, we're mm-hmm. not a destination spot. So uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bizarre. Um, but it's also kind of sick. Also that Ridgeway band is cool. Devin, that Devin was telling me about them. Um, is major pain spelled P-A-I-N or P-A-Y-N-E? Uh, P-A-I-N, just the normal way. Okay. I, for a second, I thought it was like a, like a, a nod to that movie. I was like, that's sick, but that's still a cool thing. Yeah, it, it honestly could be. I don't know. I, I've never asked. I'll have to talk to my buddy um, and, and see what, what the vibes are like. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird to like accidentally come across somebody who's like, hardcore adjacent or, or hardcore aware but it's also kind of fun like even though it's kind of like man like why don't you go to shows you know again everybody like walks their own different paths in life you know you, you can't you can't be at every show sometimes things happen but yeah it, it's weird we talk about this a lot with like like all the like the emo rap like the like suicide boys and ghost main how like <clears throat> one of the dudes in suicide boys was in a hardcore band and like ghost main was in like an actual like kind of good hardcore band and like a lot of those kids somehow like kind of accidentally like step into hardcore for a second. So like there's like kind of a, aware of that. It's fun to see like other subcultures or like other worlds, like somehow like there's that little section in the Venn diagram where somehow these things meet and you're like, I don't know how this happened, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's definitely awesome to be able to see hardcore get love from other people that you just like would not expect. You're like, Oh shit, that's fucking cool. Um, as long as they're not doing it like, like in a weird corny way, uh, as long as it's like, you know, it's like real like love and you know, they're, they're trying to like, you know, actually uh, show it respect. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with like a lot of these new kids coming in where, you know, they may not like get it yet. Like it may not be the, you know, their world right now, but I think at least in my experience, most of those kids, like, they have a genuine like appreciation for it, even if it's pretty like surface level or, you know, elementary. Um, it's, it's always like cool to see. Cause you know, er- everybody's got to come from somewhere. Like there, there are very few people that are like afforded the privilege of like being born into hardcore. Like, yo, if your dad, you know, toured with black flag, you know, that's cool. Like you got lucky that you got born into that, but like, my parents didn't, you know, the people around me didn't listen to hardcore. So like you, you all got to start somewhere. It's cool to see that that somewhere is in more places than I realized and closer than I realized. It's, you know, it's one thing to accidentally stumble into a hardcore kid and they show you that like I did with Jason. It's another thing to where like your favorite rapper was in like a hardcore band and like uses like hardcore samples or like is like screaming in their music or, you know, little ugly mains playing with gate creeper or you know harms ways on tour with ghost main like it's it's fun to see that like accessibility 
get like smaller and smaller because yeah you're gonna get a lot more people crossing over who may not be around for the whole thing may not like get into it for the right reasons and may get out quicker than you know than you or i might but they're still around for a second and you know if if 100 people come to a show and only one of them comes to the show tomorrow that's success is it weird when people get into hardcore in their like late 20s Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody I've met that got into hardcore kind of late. I think all the kids that I know got into hardcore young, um, kind of like me, maybe, maybe older than me, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Whenever you get into it, it's whenever you get into it. That's, that's sick. Who cares? You know, you can be, you can be 40. You can go bust your hip in the pit for all I care. If you're, if you're down, then you're down. If I'm going to be honest, I had this friend and her, uh, you know, or the, the father of her child was like in his like mid to late twenties, just getting into hardcore. And she was trying to get me to like help him out and be like, yeah, you should hang out with him. And I'm like, no, no I don't, I don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> That's just kind of weird. Like, where has he been? And he's like literally like 27, 28. I'm like, how is he just getting into hardcore? Like what kind of music was he listening to before? It, it was just really strange to me. And I, I was like, what? I was like, whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna let him, he just got into it. He can, he can figure it out. I, so I wasn't like trying to like gatekeep or whatever. I was just like, I just, I'm, I'm going to kind of just watch from the sideline. Hopefully he sticks around and uh, sure enough, he, I don't even know if he ever went to a show. He's not around anymore. Um, yeah. so I just thought it was just really weird. I'm like, he just got into this. I've, and, and like, you know, whatever, like, yeah, like we all get into it at our own point. Like I was fortunate enough to get into it when I was like a freshman in high school as well. My sister showed me, uh, you know, so, some hardcore music and I was off to the races, but I just think it's really strange because I'm like, 20 like you know 27 28 whatever like it's it wasn't that long ago so i i don't i i I just find it kind of curious i want to wish i could have sat down with him and now i'm like i want to hear his story (laughs) yeah yeah that's why i was like saying i was like damn i don't know if i know anyone that got into it that late so like i don't know if i have any experience there but i get what you're saying where it's like if you're just now getting into it like you're that old like I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know if we got to be best friends. Like I'm definitely, you know, if somebody was like, Hey, you know, my, if somebody had, you mean that same story. Like, Hey, my husband who's 28, just got into hardcore. I definitely be like, uh, okay. That's well, I guess that's kind of strange. And they're like, will you hang out with them? I'm like, uh, I mean, if they're cool, yeah. Like I'm down to give you like band recommendations. If I see your shows, I'm going to be hype. But yeah, I get the same thing where it's like, damn, that's, uh, it's weird to like try and put myself in a mind space. Cause like, I'm 23. Like I'm not even old enough to be at that point where it's like, it'd be weird for me to get into hardcore. I guess even if I was 23 and getting into hardcore, that'd be kind of late. But I've only ever met people that got into hardcore when they were like way younger. So yeah, that's, mm. uh, that's kind of a different world. I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. Now I'm curious because <laughs> yeah, like what were they, like what the hell were you listening to? What were you doing? Yeah. I don't know. I want to know what that person's crossover was too. Like, I'd be curious if like, <laughs> How crazy would it be if that dude was like, yeah, I was watching late night the other night because I'm, you know, adore me at 28 mm-hmm. and I saw Turnstile and I, now I am into that. It's like, damn, that could, uh, that could be a possibility for like a lot of new people. Now. There's a lot of weird, like hardcore bands breaking into the mainstream. That'd be kind of cool to see. Uh, I was at FYA and I definitely saw like a lot of that, uh, you know, you know, new crop of people because of Turnstile, like Turnstile headlined and I saw a lot of people in the room that didn't look like they were there <laughs> earlier in the day, which is fine. And I was like, Oh, I was like, these like clearly people are just, I obviously stick out like a sore thumb. 
um, and they were just there for turnstile. I was like, okay, I was like, it's definitely happening. We just gotta just kind of like realize it in real time, which is fine because they're. I still like turnstile. I saw them when they played. When shows started coming back, they did like a, a couple of days in California with Never Ending Game, and th- that was really a fun time. FYA, they they killed it. They're they're a special band. It was like for for a band to headline the last day of a fest and not have the room clear out completely. I was like, okay, like yeah, they have it. They're special. So yeah, I um a few of us went and saw them on that like Suicide Boys tour they did, and that was a trip. Like we we got seats. Like we didn't want to go down the pit because we we're like, yeah, well, why are we saving for this? Uh, but like. I, I'm really actually glad we did because we kind of got like a bird's eye view of watching this like arena of like rap fans watch Turnstile, and it it felt like I was like in a parallel universe for a minute. Like it felt like I was exploring like a what if scenario that only you could like dream of. Mm. Where and and people seem to like it a lot. Like I walking out of that show and like even around town now occasionally i'll see somebody with like that really sick green turnstile glow on hoodie they were selling at that show i'm like damn that kid went to that show wild they're walking into like an urban outfitters right now with like a 3x turnstile hoodie and they weigh 90 pounds that's crazy that's cool and like they got a good reaction it was a a fucking trip to see but yeah that band special is uh is the word for sure like Lawan's amazing. It it's where I I, I kind of want to like punish some of the kids that like found them through Lawan or through like that Suicide Boys tour through like the the late night shows, and see like how far back in that discography did you go? What other bands did you start listening to because of this, if any? And see like statistically what what percentage of like that crossover is and how far it's making because like I don't you know I don't think people are hearing Turnstile and like going to see that never ending game show. I don't think people are hearing turnstile and flying to, to Jag or LDB or at least like not a lot of them, but it'd be curious to see if like, you know, there's like 10, 20, 30 kids, you know, even if there's just like one or two from Boise that only went to, you know, the, the end time Terrena show the other night or going to denial of life to, uh, tomorrow night because they saw turnstile and like, they kind of fell hard for, I think that'd make me really excited. Yeah, I I would be surprised to to kind of figure out who is here because of what Turnstile is doing, and it, it it definitely is really hard to gauge because you know I went and saw them when they played Coachella, and that was a big deal for me because I was yeah. uh, just really curious to see what it was going to be like, and just watching the crowd, I was like, and they killed it. Like I, I've never seen a bad turnstile set from the, their first show in California to even to, to now many years later, they've, I've never seen a bad turnstile set um, from them or the crowd and just being at Coachella and seeing so many kids go off. I'm like, Oh wow. That's like crazy. Cause I didn't know. I'm like, are like how many of those people out there are, are actually hardcore kids or how many people just, you know, are in tune with like, cause Co- Coachella is like a whole, um, like lifestyle, whatever. So people will yeah. see the flyer and kind of just go listen to bands that they're not familiar with and maybe just fall in love with new music. And I, I'm kind of curious to like, you know, how many of those people were like, you know, out there um, that day watching Turnstile because there were way more people. And this is no disc because like they're, you know, like a, a band that I like and respect, but 
there were way more people there going crazy than I had, you know, you know, could have guessed. Really? That's yeah. sick to hear. Yeah. That that's always been like, kind of like puzzling is like, yo, when these bands do these crazy things, when they're on tour with bigger bands, like, like code orange, I'm not really surprised anymore just because like they've been doing it for a second. Like they mm -hmm. just do that tour with corn. And I'm like, yo, I bet that was dope for them. But like when they played mayhem festival, I was like, am I going to be the only person here that gives a shit? And like the answer was like, not really. No, people, people were down with it. And I guarantee you on that tour, there was a lot of people that never heard Code Orange before. That was like right when they really started like swinging for the fences, like doing all the big stuff. Uh, yeah, but like Turnstile Coachella, I'm like, man, dude, does that feel weird? Or does that like, does that pop? Especially with Glow On where it's like more accessible. Like, you know, if they're playing like, first couple of records i bet that you know get some sideways glances and yeah like i like at that suicide boy show like people seem to really like it i think people think that's like kind of quirky and you know maybe a lot of people don't go and listen to that band afterwards but again yeah it, it's hard to measure but i'm curious to see how many people stuck with that or how many people even just like went back to time and space or if anyone went back to like pressure to succeed or if they like you know, went on recommend artists and like found somebody even, you know, even harder that that's like a, it feels like a brain teaser. It feels like it's not real, but I'm always curious about it. That's sick that like they did pretty all right at Coachella. It's like the people were vibing. Yeah. And I'm sure they're set because they're on it again this year. So I'm, I'm sure their set's going to be even better this year, obviously, because yeah. they're a way bigger band, but they're definitely going to have a lot of like returning people to watch their set. And I'm, I'm curious where they're going to be placed because when I saw them, they played in um, in, in this tent, which was like a just seemed like just like a normal venue on just like inside Coachella, which was fine. But I could see them playing like one of the bigger stages this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm very curious to see how that goes. I hope that band keeps doing all that cool stuff and, and more people like it. That's another band that just like just toured and grinded and worked hard and made music, you know, however they wanted. And they're getting really cool opportunities for it. And that's that's sick to hear. Anyone who, who wants to hit on Turnstock can suck it because that shit rocks. Yeah, it's I just kind of ignore that because I'm like, how can you hate on a band that, like you said, played what they wanted to when it wasn't the cool thing to do, right? they just kind yeah. of just did whatever they wanted and found success with that and they're you know arguably doing and hopefully drawing more people to hardcore which isn't a bad thing yeah like we might see some weirdos at shows but you know th that weirdo like i said earlier could be you know the, starting the next cool big hardcore band that you know uh, helps grow a scene so the you, you can't really predict the future right so it's just like yeah just just let them be uh you know, support them. Don't don't turn them away because you could be killing your own scene unintentionally. Hundred percent. Yeah. When I when I went to my first show, I'm sure everyone in that room looked at me like, "Who the fuck is this kid? Where does he think he's supposed to be?" And now, you know, I like I've been here ever since. So it, well, I hope those kids with the 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 corpse paint that came to that Grave Titan show. I hope they stick around forever. I hope they get it. I hope they have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I hope they start bands. Because yeah, they they could uh, when I'm uh, when I'm old and gray, they might be doing exactly what I'm doing, way better than me. And the corpse paint was that maybe they just had, had just left like a Halloween party, or is that like? It was like in July, so I think I think they just like, just like they're like metal, 
crazy album covers mm. let's do the corpse paint thing i don't even know if they like maybe they're just like really into black metal and like they actually were just like no i'm really into this like that's what i'm doing or maybe they were just like this is the first google image i found when i looked up heavy metal and i'm gonna do this because that's funny either way that's sick like you came to the show so you're doing better than any jaded old hardcore guy that doesn't come around anymore so you rock that reminds me of when i went to go see uh, marilyn manson uh couple years ago and and unfortunately it was like around halloween so when i showed up right i just i was wearing normal clothes i didn't know like there was like any type of dress code but (laughs) i I remember like you know parking my car and stepping out and i I was was with a buddy and he'd never seen Marilyn manson either so he was in the same boat as me we didn't really know what was normal and like we see uh, this girl she has a black eye and I'm like, okay, that, that's either makeup or she really has a black eye. So I'm like, all right, maybe that's, you know, uh, cool. Uh, you know, she's coming like dressed up and then see some guy. He's like, you know, fresh, looks like he just escaped prison, has like broken handcuffs. He's in an orange jumpsuit. And then we're seeing people with like corpse paint. And I'm just like, okay, I, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I'm just like, is this normal or is this because Halloween's right around the corner? I, I, I want to know. <laughs> And um, I've never seen Marilyn Manson since then. Um, yeah, I don't even know if he's toured through here since then. But um, so I, I never could find that answer. But it, it was just this really interesting experience. And it was one of the few times where I went to the observatory. That's where he played. And he's like an artist that made that venue feel bigger than it actually is. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that it's funny to like go to an artist where it's like this artist is like almost Halloween themed. So I don't know how much of this is just like we're getting the costumes out a week early or somebody went, I'm going to a Marilyn Manson show. So I'm going to hit, uh, you know, Halloween city real quick and get dressed up for the Marilyn Manson show. That's really funny to think about. I kind of, part of me kind of hopes it was like, somebody was just like, yo, we're going to a Marilyn Manson show. I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to go to like a Halloween store and get a costume because that's sick. That's hilarious to me. And I love that. Yeah, no, it, it just made it seem cool because, yeah, because it wasn't advertised as like a Halloween show. It was just like, yeah, Marilyn Manson's yeah. playing the observatory, like roll out. Um, so I, I can't remember if somebody else played or not. Maybe it was just him. It was a really long set, but interesting night. Yeah, it almost kind of makes you wonder, like, yo, if that show was in February, how much of that stuff, the same stuff would you have seen? I'd like to think just the same. <laughs> I hope so, too. That's so sick. Yeah, because I, 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 I can imagine it being fun, like an event. Like, okay, more recently, I went and saw uh, this K-pop group twice. And, uh, you know, I, I got asked, like, oh, are you going to dress up? And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Am I supposed to dress up? Like, I just going to, it's just like going to a show, right? And I remember I went, what was I wearing? I was wearing like a, I think I was wearing like a Tsunami t-shirt and like Dickies and just like Vans. And I remember I, like, I, I was front row, right? This is this is my my uh, my brag, right? I, I spent a lot of money. I was front row. Hell yeah! <laughs> it, it was definitely worth it. But I felt so I, I felt like I missed an opportunity because I was like you know going into the arena, and I saw so many cool uh, people, you know, guys and girls dressed up based off like certain eras of the band, like from their music videos. Um, oh. And I was like, oh, that's that's so fucking cool. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm an idiot. I should have done something cool, especially I'm probably just looking like some weirdo, right? Front row, normal clothes and everybody's dressed up like super nice. I'm like, all right, okay, next time, next time I go, I'm going to do something fucking cool. 
and then sure enough here we are uh they announced they're doing like this encore thing it's like a one night only in la and i'm, I'm trying to get front row again uh you know just depending on uh you know if i can get it for retail um, whatever it, I'll, I'll be there somewhere somewhere close but also, yeah. this time i'm gonna dress up as like you know not my normal clothes so i'm gonna wear something cool i'm either gonna get like this yellow plaid suit and like look like super fresh that way or i'm thinking about like this pink cowboy hat which isn't like something i would normally wear but going to see twice it totally fits like these eras that i just am like in love with so i i want to make it more fun than it was last because the last time like yeah like i I went by myself i was in the front row had the time of my life literally changed my life but this time I want to be like, all right, cool. I want to have a little more fun with it now that I've like, I'm more experienced now versus back then. Dude, that's sick. I wish I, I wish there were more bands like that or like more artists that I like with that. Maybe I need to expand my scope where if I went and saw that artist, it would be like customary to dress up crazy. Like I can't think of an artist that I would go see. Oh, you know, okay. So I'm going to, this is not a flex. This is actually kind of like embarrassing and cringy, but it's funny. Okay. Like, you know, that, like that video of like all those cyber goth people dancing under that bridge. Like it got really popular for a yes. bit. I, I, I know very well. For some reason I got way into that. And like, I like listened to like agrotech and like that industrial, like cyber goth shit now. And I went to one show and like, I drag, I, I dragged Jason to go with me. It was at like the venue that a lot of hardcore shows are at. And it was like, empty it was so beat but like we went to like an agrotech show and like it was kind of cool like boise is a really small city to begin with so like i knew there wasn't going to be a lot of people for like uh, a scene that's somehow even like smaller and more niche than fucking hardcore mm. like there were like a couple people there with like the like the like cyber locks and stuff i'm like man part of me wishes like this was popular and like just to be really funny like get like black jinko jeans a bunch of chains like a gas mask and just go really hard because like in a hardcore you know everyone's got you know like the fit you were explaining like nothing wrong with that that's how i dress most days but like man wouldn't it be funny to or like just kind of like freeing to just dress up for like a completely different world a different genre so yeah pink cowboy hat I want picks. You should do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to figure it out. The show's not till the middle of May, May 14th. So got to figure you it out. Time. Yeah, plenty of time. Uh, but that's crazy. Uh, that uh, cyber goth stuff. I, I know there's a club out here. Not, well, not in Orange County, but in LA. I know there's like some sort of like cyber goth club that, that my friends try to drag me to, which isn't my scene. But I'm like, wow, maybe if you like that music, you would fit right in. Yeah, I'm I'm real curious that it's one of those things where it's kind of like magic or a lot of things where I really enjoy the content, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily identify with that subculture. And I don't mm-hmm. know how willing I am to get into that. And uh, I have a feeling I would probably just like go to one, stick out like a sore thumb and then be like, yeah, that was an experience. And then maybe, maybe I'll go back. Maybe, maybe I drop hardcore and get into cyber goth, but <laughs> oh, uh, odds are that's probably not going to happen. I just picture myself like walking through like a, like the set of like blade. I don't know if you ever seen blade like that. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's funny. I also wonder if I maybe have like a, uh, an incorrect image and in thinking that like all cyber goth shows in like popular areas just look like that opening scene. And like, I hope so, but maybe, maybe people who like would hear me say that be like, dude, that's not how this works. Like you're dumb. 
Well, I would like to be enlightened. Somebody, somebody to let us know because I, I uh, would be really curious. Because for, for me to be out at that hour I, is really rare. Because I'm, oh yeah, yeah, I, I get very little sleep to begin with. So if I'm not, you know, that's not like my main thing. So to get me to go out and do something like that would be, it, it has to be something special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, you know, I'll I'll stay out late for a hardcore show and I'll still complain about it. But going to like a goth club or like a cyber goth show, that yeah, that might take an act of God for me to be out that late. Okay. Um, now going back to Witness Chamber, uh, you mentioned uh, you know Paradise Awaits uh, came out back in October, and I, I know it it still hasn't been that long. But do you guys have plans to write any new music? Or are you trying to tour more on Paradise Awaits? A uh, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So we um, we were playing two new songs on this last tour. We're, uh, we're definitely trying to write more. I broke my wrist on tour, so we're kind of like sitting for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like we definitely want to like write some more music. We're trying to do like at least one more tour this year, hopefully. Um, we're not quite sure like what all it looks like, but uh, we... We definitely have some new music in the pipe and we want to want to put it out sooner rather than later and how'd you break your wrists uh because i'm an idiot i was uh i was moshing the apex printer in vancouver and accidentally clicked somebody and uh broke my wrist it fucking sucks that's crazy all right mosh pit injury that shit happens but okay well i'm uh, i'm happy to hear that you guys have new stuff and things are you know going to come at some point but i'm also just happy that you guys are out there getting in front of people cuz I, I feel like that's probably like the best way to get new people interested is just by showing up and playing cuz a lot of times people uh, you know haven't clicked that link to check out your music but they'll roll out to the show cuz there's a band there that they like and if you're there it's like okay cool this is that band that i've been meaning to check out and then word of mouth after that which helps out a lot yeah it, i think that that's kind of how i am like i uh i feel stupid sometimes when i like see a band and haven't listened to them and then i find out i really really like them and i'm like shit i wish i would have found this band like six weeks ago and like gotten really familiar with their music so i could have like appreciated it even more but i think also it's it's really easy to become like inundated and like just kind of like overburdened with how much new music comes out. And, you know, if you're tapped into hardcore, a lot of that, you know, it can be overwhelming to like try and keep up. Like I've, every year at the beginning of the year or like at the end of the year, I get like bummed because see everyone making their like top 10 hardcore lists. I'm like, dude, I did not keep up with enough to make these lists. So then I'll like, I'll go to like the no echo, like 2021 or 2022 new releases. And I'll try really hard to keep up with it. And that playlist made me realize how much new music comes out all the time. So it's like very hard to keep up. So yeah, the I think for me, the best way for a band to catch my attention is me see them like live, like the, you know, have that energy in front of you. So that's definitely like what we kind of want to do. Like we've got new music, so we're itching to like put it out and, and you know, have it out there. But also tour was so much fun. Like, you know, as soon as we got home, I was ready to go back out again. So I think, uh, We'll be doing, like I said, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. We'll hopefully have some new music out soon, but we uh, we definitely want to keep traveling, like see the rest of the country and, and play with some more cool bands and, and just keep rocking. And as far as your other bands, you guys have stuff going on with that or is that just kind of uh, chilling right now? Um, Let's see. I, we don't have anything too crazy playing with 
Brave Titan right now. Um, I mean, it's still active, but, you know, it's, uh, like I said, all these bands are pretty incestuous. So everybody's, you know, we got to be careful not to spread our butter too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, Natural Evil, we just put out a release not that long ago. We did like a one song and a cover, and we've got some new music that we're not sure when it's coming out, but we've got another record ready to drop. So uh, we can keep an eye out for that. It's, it's like Hunter writes all the riffs for that, and uh, Hunter's my favorite guitarist in the world. He writes the craziest shit, and he's such a like thrash head. So uh, I'm really excited for that to come out. But yeah, well, the, nobody's stopping anything anytime soon. It's just a matter of like who who's up next, who's who's got the heat right now. You know, who, who we all itching. And you know, I guarantee you, in six weeks, you know, two months, well, some of us will have another band that we'll be plugging. It's uh, for. For us, it's just like, just make as much as we can and as much as we, as we want. And that'll never stop. Okay. And before we part ways, if there's anyone out there listening who is curious, uh, how would you sell them on Boise hardcore today? Um, I mean, there, there's something for everyone here. If you're, if you're new to the scene, if you're new to hardcore, this is great because it's small and everyone's friends and, you know, we, we, we want you at shows. We want new people at shows. We want you to come and check this out. If you're a vet, if you've been around for a minute, you're like, you won't believe like the cool bands, like sitting, like lying in wait here, you know, bands like Rejection Pact, who, you know, are on the cusp of, of rocking your world as soon as you hear them. And, uh, you know, if you're a band that's trying to tour, if you're coming to the West and you're skipping Boise, not just because I live here, you're making a mistake. There's no reason for you to drive from Salt Lake to Portland, you know, drive all that time, waste all that gas, cut your drive time in half, stop in Boise, let's play a show, you'll meet some really cool people, you get to play some cool bands here, maybe they're one of mine, maybe there's somebody else's, there are a lot, of pe- a lot of people here that play cooler music than me, we'll take you out to the desert, we'll go shooting guns, we'll eat some good food, um, Boise is definitely not, it's gotten better. It's still not the best city you're going to play on tour, um, but it, it won't be one you'll forget. We'll, we take caravans around here. We like that hospitality. You know, we know we're not going to pay you the most. You may not sell the most merch that night, but I guarantee you're going to go, yo, Boise was crazy. That's, that's what it's all about here. All right, Alex, this has been awesome. I, you know, enjoy Witness Chamber. Happy to hear about Boise Hardcore. This has definitely been a fun, a fun one for me. So I, I definitely appreciate your time today. Hell yeah, man. I was really excited when you hit me up to do this. I'm a big fan of the podcast, so thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you a lot. Yeah, no problem. And b- before we sign up, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, Man, shout out Boise Hardcore. Shout out Rejection Pact. Um, all my friends who helped me you know, book shows, play in bands. Um, shout out all my friends in the Northwest. Shout out Vancouver, BC. Um, shout out Hardcore in general. That shit's fun. Shout out to Cranberries. That's the best band in the world. Um, and uh, shout out to Jamie or K podcast. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.